listening to Big Sore Natural. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. 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 When I'm smoking greens, cause I'm on your team. When I smoke the sea, cause I'm such a team. High as a kite, smoking Walter White. When I smoke the blue and I smoke the purple. Smoking on the blunt, cause I wanna run. Smoking on the green, cause it makes me lean. Smoking on the ground, I smoke and scream. When I hit the blunt, it's a click of cut. When I hit the blunt, I get fuck. When I hit the blunt, I don't give a fuck. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. Hey, Kendall. Alright. I know we had plans to podcast like we normally do, where we Hi. stay on topic and we talk about research. Um But in between Mm -hmm. my very busy um, schedule, you know, it's the winter season. I'm trying to revive Quibi. Of course, I've been teaching Elon Musk this holiday season um, in my capacity as the director of inclusion and equity at Quibi and now Twitter. Um, I'm doing this winter-themed LGBTQ Mm -hmm. plus sensitivity training. I'm calling it the 12 Days of Pronouns. Um, yeah, I might have, I might have taught it to you last year when I, like um, that song. I, I think I signed an NDA about this, but we can probably say this in mm-hmm. front of our friends. Um, when I was teaching that, um, mm-hmm. that day at Raytheon where you work, um, but you know, as a result, I've been so busy. I haven't had mm-hmm. the time to do yeah. my quarterly report. <laughs> on banana coin of which you are a uh, primary investor yeah yeah i've been wondering about that you know because uh the five human relatives that i have left and you know the four cyborg aunts and uncles who shall remain nameless one of them john um, mm, i can neither confirm nor deny um in between running like their obligatory congressional campaigns you know, they've expressed to me that, like, my allegedly rash decision to funnel all of the Kennedy cryogenic compound assets into banana coin have left them, like, so, they're so stressed out and, like, really fearful. And they do not currently feel relaxed enough to go on their favorite activity, you know, driving around outside with the top down and clearing their heads. It's really sad with the seatbelts undone. Of course. Uh, yeah, of course you, you know, Boston. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm, I would say mm-hmm. to you that a lion does not concern they themselves with the opinions of sheep. That's true. That's true. I, you know, I have the utmost trust in you and your vision. Um, and when you promised me Banana Coin would be a primary investor of leftist cafes in the global north, you know, I assumed it was going to take a few years for that dream to be realized. But hey. Look at us now, right? Banana coin is the most respected cryptocurrency in the DSA, the PSL, and an overwhelming number of GSAs. We have a couple stragglers. You know how it's like nine out of ten doctors. Yeah. We got it. We got the tenth doctor. Can't win them all. But yeah, yeah. I, I am proud of that. The LGBT mm-hmm. community. Uh it's important to me, as you know, and as Elon Musk is learning to his sorrow, which will one day be his joy. We we did a lot of outreach in Banana Queen's early days on anime nights at college campuses, 
door knocking for Bernie Sanders in 2016 and 2020. Um, We wanted our base to know who we were and that we were ready to be in their community and invest in their bright ideas. And I, I hope one day that banana coin is the like main driver of sexual mutual aid. Mm, mm. And yeah, it's an issue near and dear to my heart. It's not one that I hope to personally benefit from as I am married, but as an effective altruist, I believe that loneliness is one of the major causes of human suffering. And many of my close friends and listeners are lonelies. And I worry about them. I, I wish I could help them without feeling disgust, but I am privileged to have the financial ability to help them um, and help causes that will help them uh, without getting too close to the issue. Uh, that being said, um, I, I recently had to liquidate one of my uh, dressage horses, hashtag lock her up, you, you know, formerly one of my favorites, um, but not report performing uh, too well in the past few years. It wasn't a great loss <laughs> uh, to turn her into glue in order to prop up banana coin, but it isn't something that I want to make a habit of. It, it would be a, a real tragedy if I had to do anything drastic to my other horses, you know, Minecraft Steve, JSTOR, or God forbid, affirmative action, my, my trusted steed, my friend for life. I, I know all about having friends. I make new ones. Uh, on patreon.com slash naturals every day. But you will be pleased to learn that this financial quarter, banana coin is up exponentially. Mm. We used the earnings as well as the savings deposited by the various leftist cr- cafes across the greater Philadelphia area. There are six now to fund oh. a couple key political assassinations throughout the past year for which we were paid handsomely. I can't disclose which figures. Um, okay. You know, it's an intelligence issue, but you might remember a certain no longer living Japanese prime minister not confirming or denying anything, mm. but, you know. Mm. Huh. You know, I, I wasn't taught about other countries' leaders at Sarah Lawrence because I was on the accelerated puppetry track. It was taught by Michael Henson. No relation. Um, but I can see how that was an extremely wise decision. Yeah, and I'm about to take those earnings and quadruple our like investments because I've taken that money and I've invested it all in the form of rare um, signed copies of Infinite Jest, which oh. will obviously continue to accumulate value over the next couple years, and then eventually right. skyrocket when the um, like movie adaptation directed by James Cameron, I believe starring Cole Sprouse, mm-hmm. comes out. Of course, of course. I mean, uh, I wanted to ask, uh, do you know if the IJCU will tie into the Avatar films? I've been dying to ask about this as a huge Infinite Jest fan and Avatar fan. As a huge Infinite Jest fan myself, I feel like it just makes logical sense that yeah. they will tie in. There's like so many opportunities for it. So mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. But James Cameron's a genius. I'm sure he'll figure something out. Um, 
some free investment advice to you before we, mm-hmm. we move on, you know, just from one co-host and friend to another. Um, if you invest 100% of your capital in a single prospect, you will have higher returns mm. if that investment does well than if you were to spread out your capital amongst different sources. Because when it does well, you want maximum returns. You want 100% mm. returns. Mm-hmm. That's simple math. So it's always a good idea to take 100% of your money and put it in one desired form of investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I mean, Gary V, eat your heart out, you know? Uh, I wasn't taught about math at Sarah Lawrence either um, because I was also on the accelerated track um, for metalworking. Um, but I, so this confirms that I can tell my family um, that their worries are completely unfounded. That you can. Banana coin oh. is only going to continue to rise in value. It can. It can't go anywhere but up. To the moon, baby. Oh, this is such a relief. That's great news. So when we finish recording, I'm going to stop by my colleague, Buddy Velastro's house to pick up a cake to celebrate. He is under house arrest uh, for his multiple DUIs, but because of my family background, I've always felt a certain kinship with the drunk driving community. All right. Uh, cool. Um, well, if that's all of the questions that you have maybe in thanks for the emotional labor that I've done mm-hmm. by talking to you about where your money is. Uh, do you think that you could maybe sing us a rendition of the 12 pronouns of they, them to transition well, in today's topic? Well, I am, I am on vocal rest, but I, I can do an abbreviated version. Um, on the fifth day of they miss my date mate gave to me five yes queen slays four skater he they's three they them smoking two jvns and a she her in a link tree that was so good <laughs> thank you that was so good and it's not only is it fun but you're learning about pronouns yeah. at the same time Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not how to use them in a sentence, but I'm yeah, learning about pronouns. It's it's something I picked up from one of the great uh, pedagogical tools, uh, Baby Einstein's, which I've used a lot in my uh, diversity and inclusion practice, especially with Elon mm-hmm. Musk. I feel mm-hmm. like he takes really well to the yeah, Baby Einstein uh methodology of, of mm-hmm. teaching information, which, you know, you, you sneak it in a song. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So today we're talking about some stuff, um, but we gotta gotta get some background information first. And um, the question we're all asking ourselves is Every day. what the what the fuck is going on with cryptocurrency? Why mm-hmm. why is it crashing? Where is my money? What's going to happen to your money? Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about my money as it's all in banana coin, but you might yeah. be worried about yours. <laughs> the other great place to store your money, you can use it kind of like a bank, is patreon.com slash bigsweetnaturals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just put it all there. <laughs> put it all there. And it'll be, <laughs> be waiting for you. 
when you know this turbulent financial period is over mm-hmm. but uh bitcoin like just as sort of like a marker of like where where we are in the world of crypto it hit a record high in november 2021 when it was okay you ready for this mm-hmm. 69 yeah. yeah the sex um, number I'm but this week, like, you can purchase Bitcoin for a measly, um, like, 15000 um, So it's a pretty pretty steep drop in, like, about a year. Um, but that's normal investing stuff, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crypto crash has been going on for a few months, like, starting this past spring. But due to the cult-like following that cryptocurrency has... The stands where they were steadfast mm-hmm. in their belief that everything was going to turn around um, in June 2020. Um, the NF stands. Where June 2021, oops, mm-hmm. Bitcoin dropped uh, below 20,000 for the first time in two years. And that was prompted by um, Celsius Network, which was a major, is a major cryptocurrency lending firm freezing withdrawals and transfers and i think that that um is gonna start it's gonna start to sound like a familiar tune to all of us pretty soon mm-hmm. um crypto lending firms not letting people take their their money out or move their money around but all the board apes in the peanut chamber they were so sure that things were gonna work out soon mm-hmm. and to then the moon, baby and then ftx crashed and ftx mm-hmm was it still exists but they've recently filed for bankruptcy a uh, cryptocurrency exchange which is a business that allows users to trade cryptocurrency for other assets like normal money um and that company was founded in 2019 by i've actually not watched any interviews of this guy so i don't know if his last name is pronounced like if, if it's sam bankman fried or Sam Bankman freed, but I'm gonna say fried. Um, okay. We changed how to I mean, pronounce. He's, he's getting cooked. Well, that's so what I'm I guess because like we changed how to pronounce Bernie Madoff's name in 2008. Because I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that we used to call him Bernie Madoff. Like, oh, and then because his right. name was just like the perfect, the perfect <laughs> name to turn into Madoff, mm-hmm. that uh, everyone was like, "Well, that's what he did." Yeah, um, he made off. Right, but money, like now it's really funny because like his kid, um, who's like an adult, but I forget his like his kid was also pronouncing his last name Madoff like towards the end. Um, that's the power of, of words. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Sam Bankman Fried um, was running a company that went from zero dollars to one point two billion dollars in revenue, which like that's it's revenue, not even like valuation. Mm-hmm. But he was running around dressed like a really large toddler or male podcaster. Eh. Same same thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, FTX's le- last funding round was January twenty twenty two, and at that time it was valued at thirty two billion. So that made um, Sam Bankman Fried the richest person in the world under thirty. He had you on a run for your money yeah. with his personal net worth bastard. of $26.5 billion. I know you're close, but... Uh, but, well, but now, but see, this is this just proves I always come out on top, you know? Yeah, you've I've, made I've been Forbes. coming out on top since the birth of time. 
and I will continue yeah. to come out on top. Yeah, you ride on top of that horse, mm-hmm. um, and you've made the tops of Forbes 30 under 30 list, mm-hmm. um, and you will continue doing so until you I, turn I made 31. On top when it, I made on top. I was on top when the uh, when the dinosaurs got hit by a meteor. Wow! Yeah, take that, you know. And yet somehow you're under 30. What's mm-hmm. your secret? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sunscreen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, FTX was trying to copy me um, because they also minted their own coin, um, trying to compete with Banana Coin, the only cryptocurrency used by queer leftist cafes across the global north. Um, and their coin was called FTT. Um, Binance. Are you following me? Do we know? Do you know where we are? Yeah. You, yeah. You're following I, the story? I'm following. I'm, I'm going to quiz you on this later. So, oh, no. Bi- <laughs> Binance was an early investor, but then competitor of FTX. Mm-hmm. And they okay. were going to bail out FTX when it became clear that FTX was not doing so well. But they took a look at FTX's books. Oh, and the reason that they were going to bail out FTX is because, like, Okay, everyone's money was uh-huh. collapsing. So if okay. they bailed out F- FT- FTX, it would like stabilize the value of everyone's coins, mm-hmm. um, which would be good for like their users too, mm-hmm. um, because all, probably also many of their users were freaking out and wanting to uh, maybe drop or trade or get rid of some of the the coin that they had so they were going to purchase a lot of ftt which is ftx's coin Mm -hmm. um so they took a look at ftx's books in preparation for this bailout and they allegedly found something like six billion dollars in assets missing which billion is billion with a B. Uh-huh. That's so yeah. much money. Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes me sweat thinking about yeah. it. I'm stressed. We have we have a quote from James Bromley, a Sullivan and Cromwell partner who is representing FTX, and he said, "A substantial amount of assets have either been stolen or missing." Um, so, <laughs> where where did this money go? Um, <laughs> One explanation comes from the reveal that FTX loaned billions of dollars to Alameda Research, but Alameda Research is also a cryptocurrency trading firm owned by Sam Bankman-Fried. Like, it's Mm -hmm. his company that he loaned money to from his other company. Um, This is what I... Mm -hmm. I want to start calling like a Logan Paul-esque, like Kafka-esque, you know? Yeah, Paul-esque. Um, yeah, Logan Paul-esque. Severe and continuous lapse in judgment. Um, <laughs> crypto billionaires <laughs> love being crypt- Logan Paul-esque, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, always, they're always doing it. Um, and, I, and we got to put loaned in like giant air quotes. Because mm-hmm. if, uh, you know... I were to loan you money from the the banana coin uh, mm-hmm. ba- bank wallet. Yeah, um, I would wallet, probably I write guess. down somewhere that I loaned you money and uh, maybe like what the timetable is for you to pay me back. But they mm-hmm. didn't. They didn't do any of that. They didn't write down no. anything. So there's no Ew. records of how much was like 
lent to Alameda Research or when or how it should be paid back. Also, FTX didn't have a bank account that like customers could send money to, but Alameda the hedge fund did. So FTX would wire the cash to Alameda and then FTX would add that amount to its account. But like Alameda actually never passed Mm -hmm. the cash on and no one noticed somehow. And so the firm traded and lost around $8 billion of customer funds that it should have never had in the first place. Um, To make matters worse, Alameda was also loaning out money. $2 billion of Alameda Research's money was loaned out to Sam Bankman-Fried's personal company. More money. Paper. Different money. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, and also, like, we don't, I guess, even know if the money that Alameda was loaning out um, was part of like a previous loan that was given to it from his other. Yeah, that's company. that's the, that's the that's the stress that I'm feeling is that I don't, I can't keep track of, and I'm sure this is a problem for the people who are investigating this as well. Is that like just hearing about it? I can't keep track of like which part of which money is part of which loan. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like... well, that's because there's not really a paper trail um, uh-huh. for, like, where, where these various <laughs> sources of, of money go. Um, and Paper Bird, I, I'm still not entirely sure what Paper Bird does. I think that Paper Bird might be, like, a a debtor company like it's like a like paper a sh- bird a shell that's what i was thinking especially because yeah. it sounds like a perfect metaphor for a shell company in that it is a paper bird it flies too close to the sun and it just burns up it's like thin I also, <laughs> made of paper I just don't understand not real why this man has so many companies like he's like the cryptocurrency yeah. hank green um mm-hmm. but Instead of being addicted to starting nonprofits, like he just keeps starting like crypto hedge funds. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so Paperbird yeah. was getting loaned money from Alameda. Two billion went to that, and then also one billion dollars from Alameda was loaned to Sam Bankman Fried himself. Okay. Um, also, again, the loans did not, they were not really kept um, proper records of the amount oh. or, or oh. like, it's, it, um, <laughs> according to the Guardian's article, the group as a whole did not maintain centralized control of its cash, did not okay. have a accurate list of bank accounts, and did not pay attention to the creditworthiness of its banking partners. Also, all of the digital assets were controlled through an unsecured group email account. Okay, so what Um, I'm hearing from all of those points is that all of, like, the basic steps to make a hedge fund, which is to uh, track where your money is, uh, have an accurate list of where your money is that is up to date, and check the the like legitimateness of your people you are partnering with 
and just keep the information secure doing none of that like yeah <laughs> um and i've also only named a couple companies mm-hmm. but sam bankman fried and the uh 10 people that were part of his polycule uh, which we'll get to in a second that also helped manage ftx um between the 10 of them there were a hundred companies um involved in the ftx like crypto labyrinth a sort of corporate i'm looking at this diagram you put in here now yes Uh, this is this is about as complicated as i've seen um a polycule family tree get yeah it's not dissimilar to the seattle polycule onboarding powerpoint a lot of information (laughs) Um, that you got to keep track of that seems uh, unnecessarily complicating what probably could be a lot simpler. Um, There is a Wall Street Journal article entitled FTX Spending Spree Included Offers to Washington Advocacy Groups. And I think you're really going to like this. Uh Um, It said FTX had two key goals in Washington. That was when... They were Mm -hmm. in Washington, Mm D.C., your former stomping grounds, persuading Commodity Futures Trading Commission to approve an application related to crypto derivatives and lobby Congress to pass a bill assigning CFTC jurisdiction over major cryptocurrencies. In late March, FTX officials began reaching out to Better Markets President Dennis Kelleher to discuss the firm's application with the CFTC. They noted Mr. Bankman Fried, a very generous, or is a very <laughs> generous person, and floated the possibility of a contribution of one million or more to better markets. Mr. Kelleher said, after being told that a donation would not sway the group's skepticism towards FTX's application, an FTX official responded, "Oh, I don't think Sam would agree to that. It was a direct quid pro quo." Mr. Kelleher said, "No ambiguity," which. I find very funny and also brings me back to a major problem that I have with these like kinds of dorks like the libertarian like Mm -hmm. Elon Musk like crypto dorks is that they're like criminals but they're not chic like this kind of artless bribe would never happen in the Godfather 1, 2, or 3. No, never. You don't go to Washington and say, I would like to give you a bribe you kiss of his ring. one million. Like, you kiss you his ring, you dinner. romance his daughter, you, yeah. you like, yeah. <laughs> you you seduce I, people. There's a seduction going on here. A game of like, it, it's a game of, you know, cat and mouse. And instead yeah. we're getting something vehemently unsexual. And I think that's the theme we're going to see throughout this entire so, episode. I have um, <laughs> another sort of Logan Paul-esque quote from Sam Bankman fried Um he said, each individual decision seemed fine, and I didn't realize how big their sum was until the end, um, which is what he told the Vox reporter, Kelsey Piper. <laughs> he said, sometimes life creeps up on you. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope that this was like a good enough primer mm-hmm. on the FTX saga and who Sam Bankman fried is. Yeah. I, I feel like I understand it now. I'm getting yeah. it. I think that if you want to learn more, we will link some sources 
is in it, the description. Am I wrong to, I feel like I read an article somewhere that um, the guy who wrote the big short had been following Sam around for a while. Yeah. And like interviewing him and stuff. And I think that's hilarious that the guy who wrote the big short is following you around and like flying with you everywhere and writing everything you say down. And you're like, this is this is cool, actually. Like, nothing mm-hmm. can go wrong from here. Well, as that's like you'll if, if literally, learn. that's like if Ryuk was just kind of following me around, but I didn't have a note. He was the one writing in the notebook, and I was like, mm-hmm. everything's fine. <laughs> well, as you'll soon learn, maybe he had some reasons for not being able to notice what was going on around him, mm-hmm. as he is neurodivergent. Um, <laughs> And you know, not even thirty. Um, but I think, yeah, if you Autis- want to learn autism's more, autism's thirty under thirty. Honestly, I don't think it would be good for the community if we did an autism's thirty no. under thirty. No, I think it would. Although I would be number one. <laughs> it just depends on, I guess, how we're how we're ranking them. Because if uh-huh. it's like most successful people. No, we'll cool. have some people to be on the list, but they will be evil. No, I'm um, thinking cool. The most, most cool. Most cool autistics. Uh-huh. Just cool. Sure. Well, then he won't Vibes be on only. there. He won't be ah. on there. Um, but yeah, I think if you want to learn more about all of this, there are sources that we will link in our description. I wanted to give as brief as possible an overview of of what this situation is so that we get ourselves a little bit invested in the players. So mm-hmm. we've said what we could say, I think for the most part about the FTX saga and to, and Sam, but today is not about that man. No, no. But the woman behind him. As, as always, the, <laughs> as the saying goes, behind every powerful man is a woman. But mm-hmm. who is behind every ugly libertarian man? Uh, a who is behind every billionaire like crypto mastermind mm-hmm. um a a grimes a fem cell girl blogger a fem cell girl blogger and that is what today's episode is about but first question number one mm-hmm. is this exactly what we at big soy naturals have been predicting since the start of big soy naturals Yes. 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 And yes. do we have a moral obligation to gloat about yes. how right we are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if everyone had just listened to me and to Kendall, mm-hmm. uh, they, they would not have gotten themselves into this mess. If you know anyone that's lost thousands of dollars to the, the crypto nightmare, like... You should have told them to listen to Big Soy yeah. Naturals, and it's mm-hmm. actually your fault for it is your fault. maybe not telling them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that I'm right about, Pisces, we love to lie. Love we to have lie. a tenuous at best <laughs> grasp on the truth. We love to stretch that truth as far as it will go, like a piece of saltwater taffy on the Atlantic City boardwalk to fit, to fit our own whims and aims. And in the right hands, such as mine, the mm-hmm. power of our delusions can be weaponized for severe and righteous good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For example, 
me, um, Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus was like, I'm literally the son of God. Mm -hmm. And that belief was so powerful that it turned into some other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But in other hands, the Pisces delusions lead only to disaster and megalomania. For example, Light Yagami and Osama Bin Laden, who let himself believe that cancer son George W. Bush would be a loyal friend to him. Um, he, and he was, he was wrong for that. Um, Just, I, would, <laughs> I would never trust a Pisces man to do anything that involves concrete facts or material elements of the world. Like, mm-hmm. to, to give a Pisces man a stack of money and tell him, like, to just hold it is, is just not, like, it's not realistic. He's going to spend yeah. it all so fast because mm-hmm. he thinks that he has a better idea before it than you do. And right. he really believes he's going to be able to pay you back soon. Like, he's convinced Please, himself bro. that. Just give me he, a couple more days. Yeah, he thinks it's going to happen. And um, Sam Bankman fried mm-hmm. Pisces' son, Aries Moon. Oof. And I want Oof. you to guess, because he shares a sun and moon with, like, one of the most um, delusional people in the world. Mm. Is it one of our nemeses, like, previously mentioned I just, on the I want you. I just want you to okay. guess. Um, okay. Um, they are a known figure in the uh-huh. world, mm-hmm. and, they, and their delusions are, like, are great. highly documented. Okay. Okay. Um... Is it Elon Musk? No. He's a cancer, just like George W. Bush. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I'm not, I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Who is it? Um, You were kind of close. Okay. But it's Grimes. Oh, one of the most delusional people in the world. Fool that I am. Even oh my higher God. delusion levels than Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Oh, by far, by far. Oh, Elon Musk is more of like your classic cancer, where he mm-hmm. is sort of just guided um, by his hurt feelings in all things, and he kind of lets that like drive all of his decisions. Um, mm-hmm. But Grimes is a woman of of pure delusion. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives in a world of her imagination, but also okay. That that's a placement of one of the most delusional, bad people in the world, but it's also the same sun and moon as one of the most delusional, positive people in the world. Because that's what astrology is all about. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, there's no like bad signs and good signs. It's like, what do you do? What do you do with the tools that you have? Mm-hmm. So who else? Who else do we know? What's a Pisces sun Aries moon? Um, who's delusional? Uh, Azalea mm-hmm. Banks. She's a Gemini. Gemini. Come on. Damn. I I don't know celebrity sign. Okay, well, this is a known person that we know. Okay. That we know personally? We know them personally. Oh, my God. Is it Joan Summers? It sure is. And it's also uh, our erstwhile friend, Ashlyn. Oh, um, my God. Fre- frequent guest of the podcast. So, you know, Two it's like... Pisces Sun, Aries Moons. Love you but guys. But would you let Joan Summers manage a hedge fund no i mean do i want it to collapse then yes i think she would do that on purpose then yes i would 
But so, would I let her manage a hedge fund in the with the express goal of making it successful? No. Yeah. No, I would not. <laughs> um, I have one more Sam Bankman fried um, uh-huh. anecdote to share. So a journalist said to him, I'm addicted to reading in an interview, which is it's weird. Um, but he said, oh, yeah, I would never read a book. I don't want to say no book is ever worth reading, but actually I do believe <laughs> something pretty close to that. If you wrote a book, you fucked up, and it should have been a six-paragraph blog post. And and so and he let all. a guy he let a guy who wrote a book follow him around. I guess I see why he didn't understand he probably didn't why that would be bad because he probably never read the book. Yeah, he said, I would never read a book. I would never read a book. Um, so he was just like, I wrote The Big Short. And he's like, I don't know what that is, but you must be an idiot because you wrote a book. I'll let you follow me around. Sure. Now, <laughs> I think something that is really important to the Big Soy Naturals, mm-hmm. I think, modus operandi is that it's morally mm-hmm. correct to bully. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings us to the subject that we're in. So yes. Sam's Sam Bangman Fried's outfits... They're hideous. I do want to point that out. I don't understand what the point is of like, God, if I was stealing billions of dollars, Mm -hmm. I'd be, I would be dressing so Dressing. Dressing. Um, Secondly, he was in a famed heterosexual polycule. (laughs) Here's what I found out. Heterosexual polycule, two words I do not want to hear. Here's what I found out about the heterosexual polycule. They lived Mm -hmm. in a Bahamas penthouse together, all 10 of them. And um, an in-house psychiatrist was on hand um, to dole out prescription stimulants. Um, There are photos of uh, Sam Bingman Fried at his desk with an empty bottle of Adderall next to him, which is so me. The woman who we're about to talk about also tweeted out a couple things about like oh, yeah. um, Adderall, oh, yeah. like being hopped up on Adderall. We're gonna get um, to her. We're yeah, gonna get yeah. to her in just a second. So they're they're live-in psychiatrist. Um, <laughs> his name was uh, or is highly Dr. unethical. <laughs> can I just can I point that out really quick? Every, just the every words, psychiatrist. The words. Every psychiatrist. I mean, every psychiatrist is unethical, but live-in psychiatrist. Was he sucking and fucking too? Because I don't understand. So, Dr. George K. Lemmer, the psychiatrist, according mm-hmm. to an interview that he did with the New York Times, reportedly served as therapist to the disgraced CEO, Sam Bankman Fried, and an advisor to many of the firm's employees, um, as well as, uh, you know, the in-house psychiatrist specifically for the 10 Mm -hmm. people involved in the heterosexual crypto polycule so he was doing group therapy with these people or individual therapy i assume both yeah yeah well he would do conflict mediation um Mm. yeah the heterosexual crypto polycule was doing dbt work books so they were like like, chad wants you to do the dishes and he would have to manage that well it's kind of nice to know that you know no matter how much money a polycule has um the issues remain the same mm-hmm. but um according to the interview that he did with the new york times um this doctor 
like really another huge L for the concept of therapy, but he said that the house was a pretty same place. The higher ups, they mostly played chess and board games. There was no partying. They were undersexed, if anything. Again, again, pointing to the theme here. I really, it's like you have billions of dollars. And not only do you have billions of dollars, you have billions of dollars that you stole and you're not partying. You're not partying. You're not doing coke. What is the point? No more, no drugs, no sex, no rock and roll. You're playing, you're playing the house on Haunted Hill and chess. I don't want to like stereotype you, Uh but do you like have an idea of what board games you think they might be playing? I just said one, which is like the, it's a, it's like a bestseller. I just, I see it all the time. Uh, it's the house on haunted hill that's like one that a lot of people seem to play a lot um but i think they would like like, crunchy ones like crunchy ones with like a lot of rules i think they would like settlers of Catan. any of the ones with like no um, rationality people do not like that game because there's too much chance in it what about risk Uh, i think you gotta think crunchier Mm. Hmm. maybe i have more familiarity with this than you do i think maybe you do I think you I might. Used to date, as as you might know, uh-huh, uh, I do. Magic the Gathering champion. Yeah, I currently um, um, and and all the things that that ensues. I'm currently um, married to a Magic the Gathering hobbyist, but um, I that's not the same. Not 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 like a board game enthusiast. That's not really like the. They have grand prix. They're bad for Magic yeah. the Gathering. Oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, people were in the this, comment section. I know section. this smells crazy. <laughs> people were in the comment section of videos of just my ex's like hands, like talking about like the strategy that they were playing and like saying whether it was like good or not. And hmm. I would be like, all of you need to get more interesting things to do with your time. Um, they all, but it's whatever. Okay. Anyway. The doctor, I thought they would just want to play anything that that requires them to like be part of like a historical setting. You know what I mean? Like no, these guys are all think, into they're, like because they're like rationalist wiki. They're like mm. rationalist wiki types. So I think that they want something with like rules that they can like feel at the end of winning the game that they've proven that they're smarter than mm. all of their friends and like whatever like relation that they have to each other in the polycule, which mm-hmm. probably then leads to conflicts that need to be mediated by the doctor who's like waking them up in the morning with a little bell going girls it's time for your Adderall so girlies he lived lived in the luxury FTX penthouse um, where he served as an advisor at FTX for 32 hours a week um, and also maintained a small private practice he said that they were all workaholics with little in the way of social lives. Um, And in response, I think, to the accusations that he was just, like, doling out Adderall on demand, um, he told the New York Times that while some FTX employees may have had prescriptions for ADHD medications, that the rate of ADHD in the company was in line with most tech companies, which is, like, such a non-answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he acknowledged that he was writing prescriptions to FTX employees 
Kumi treated as patients in his private practice, but he did not clarify which prescriptions he prescribed. But we have this excellent SPF tweet from 2019 on September mm-hmm. 15th where he says, A, stimulants when you wake up, sleeping pills if you need them when you sleep. B, this be is mindful the- of where your headspace is. I often nap in the office so that my mind doesn't leave work mode in between shifts. My God. Um, final what a fact criminally dull man. About Arrested SPF for being born. We- that we found out from his live-in therapist, which is that he um, frequently made use of a fidget spinner. Oh. So who's the <laughs> tumblerina behind it all? The tumblerina mm-hmm. within the crypto, the heterosexual crypto polycule. Mm-hmm. It's one Caroline Ellison, Scorpio, 28 years old, Ravenclaw, INTJ, Department or daughter to the department head of the MIT uh, economics uh, d- department. So we know that she's a Boston girly. And the way that she fits into this story is that she was the head of trading at Alameda itself. You know, the one of the, the big claws lending out money to who knows who. Um, according to the FTX bankruptcy document, which was honestly a hoot to read, like, Mm-hmm. recommend um, yeah she was promoted to jointly run the hedge fund in summer 21 2021 mm-hmm. and then she was left in sole charge this year when her counterpart who was named sam trebuco abruptly left and this is literally what it says in the yeah bankruptcy this document. part is so weird he left to spend more time with his boat with his boat not on his boat listeners with his boat was he fucking the boat? Was he fucking the boat? What, what do, we, do think? we think? What do yeah. we think? Send us an email. What, what do you think? Was he? Fu- Let's do a poll on Twitter later. Um, was he fucking the boat? Yes or no? Answer us, yeah. pay pigs and prayer warriors. So, Caroline Ellison, Tumblrina. Mm-hmm. On her Tumblr, we we learn some things about her and her personality. So much insight. Her Tumblr, her Tumblr URL is World Optimizations. Ugh. One of the things that I um, was starting to ask myself when I was going through her Tumblr for this episode was, does Caroline Ellison understand basic facts about finance? One thing that she said on her Tumblr uh, in 2021 when she was made head of the hedge fund is... It's actually very unlikely for you to actually lose all your money in financial investing. <laughs> Which uh, is just not I just I think I just I, don't know how I think it also <laughs> needs to be mentioned that she uh has a second blog just called uh World Optimization Hyphen Advice. Um and it seems to have come about when she decided that um advice columns as a whole um there was a dearth of advice columns now that dan savage has gone soft um and uh miss manners was too old um and then she made her own little advice blog um to give unsolicited relationship financial uh and general other advice and opinions well, I would um, take financial advice from her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like something that she's got in common with me and you or Mm -hmm. at least with me is that um she's also a big proponent of taking adderall she says uh nothing like regular amphetamine use to make you appreciate how dumb a lot of normal non-medicated human experience (laughs) is and that's something she tweeted april 5th 2021 um so shortly before she was made the head uh, uh, manager of this hedge fund. Mm-hmm. So perhaps correlation between Adderall use and mm-hmm. a work promotion. So her Tumblr is called World Optimization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, through perusing her Tumblr, found out that she was a Swifty. So I was like, I wonder if World Optimization is a Taylor Swift like song lyric or like is this a song lyric or something like I wonder what this phrase is from yeah so if that was a Taylor Swift song lyric like. listen does she's like someone that's like I want to take over the world right so I look up the phrase world optimization and I find out that it is a reference to like one of the most annoying pieces of media ever created um Harry Potter and the methods of rationality Ugh. for People that are not familiar with it, it is a libertarian fanfic of Harry Potter where Harry Potter is all about, like, going, like, indubitably, this must be the case. And, like, he, it's, he's, like, teaching you about the principles yeah, of the scientific also, like, method and, like, pointing out all the flaws in the magic. Yeah, and it's being, like, like you can't possibly disappear because of the particles in your body and blah, blah, right. blah. It's yeah, it's like CinemaSins. It's also like I feel for um, it's like the kind of thing not in um, the actual content of it, but in the style of the sort of book that my mom would read to me when I'm six. You know where it's mm-hmm. like you're learning like basic science principles mm-hmm. through like sort of a spoon-fed children's book. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like pretty sad to be reading that as an adult and being like, oh, I'm getting my big, like, logic, my logic on. When you mm-hmm. could you could just read, like, Wittgenstein, like, which is yeah. probably actually more fun than reading this fan fiction of Harry Potter. So where uh-huh. the, um, the URL comes from is from this uh, section in the book where I'm going to, I'm just going to read it. Oh, do um, you want to read it? Oh, I think... I think I do. I think I do. Okay. Great Scott, said Harry. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry, hold on. Great Scott, said Harry. This is an expression he learned from the mad scientist Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Were you also thinking that when I brought the feather falling potion, the gilly weed, and the bottle of food and water pills? Yes. Harry shook his head in amazement. Just what sort of plan do you think I have going on here? I don't know, Professor McGonagall said darkly, but it either ends in you delivering a ton of silver to Gringotts or in world domination. World domination is such an ugly phrase. I prefer to call it world optimization. Oh, my um, God. I feel like I should, yeah, it was good. It was very good. good. I feel like we should be grateful that Rick and Morty 
uh, has not, had not been made around the time that this was being written. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is this is like pretty old. It's from like two, yeah. 2010 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, here are some chapter titles from Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality in order. So I'm not even cherry picking to find the silliest ones. Um, a day of very low probability. Ugh. Everything I believe is false. <laughs> the efficient market hypothesis. The fundamental attribution era, the planning fallacy, reciprocation, positive bias, self-awareness part one, self-awareness part two, and part two goes on. Part one, part two is as like mid chapters. I didn't yeah, think I you think could. It's not. It's not really normal chapter naming conventions. I didn't um, think you could make Harry Potter worse. But I guess you can. You can. You can. And I have. I have one more excerpt from Harry Potter's Harry mm-hmm. Potter's methods to read. But could you? Could you perhaps read? Yeah, this? I can try. I, I'd. I'd love to hear it in your voice. Yeah. Sure. Are you the real Harry Potter? Whispered the old man, one huge tear sliding down his cheek. You wouldn't lie about that, would you? I've only heard rumors that you didn't. I'm getting into Australian. Ed. <laughs> I've only heard rumors that you didn't really survive the killing curse, and that's why nobody had heard from you again. It seemed that McGonagall's disguise spell was less than perfectly effective against the more experienced magical practitioners. McGonagall laid a hand on Harry's shoulder and pulled him into the nearest byway. The moment she heard Harry Potter, the old man had followed but at least it looked like no one else had heard. The sentence structure here is driving my brain insane. <laughs> Harry considered the question. Was he really Harry Potter? Ugh. <laughs> I only know what other people have told me, Harry said. It's not like I really remember being born. His hand brushed his forehead. I've had this score for as long as I can remember, and I've been told my name was Harry Potter as long as I can remember. But, Harry said thoughtfully, if there's already sufficient cause to postulate a conspiracy, there's no reason why there should, why they wouldn't just find another wizarding orphan and raise him to believe that he was Harry Potter. McGonagall drew her hand over her face in exasperation. You look exactly like your father, James. The year he attended Hogwarts, except that you have your mother Lily's eyes, and I can attest... On the basis of personality alone, that you are definitely related to the scourge of Gryffindor. She could be in on it too, Harry observed. No, quavered the old man. She's right. You have your mother's eyes. Hmm. Harry frowned. I would drown this kid. <laughs> I suppose in a you lake. could be in on it too. What is he? Why is he doing like QAnon for himself? I I would take him and I would strangle him by his own bow tie. I would like, make. I would. I don't make understand a, reading this and being like, oh, what a fun way to learn about. I would the make a giant logic. I would make a giant kid-sized hamster ball using magic, and then I would put him in it. And I would shake it up really, really hard. Yeah. Um, she was also, in addition to um, a fan of Harry Potter, uh, a regular reader of Slate Star Codex, which, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it is, um, like, a... Uh, I hate that I know stuff. Um, like, a rationality sort of, like, 
resource run by one guy who calls himself Slate Star Codex. And I think he's like expanded to be other people, but it's sort mm-hmm. of like trying to like um, address various issues and questions of the day through the lens of like strict logic and rationality. So like there will actually be libertarian types that will say that Slate Star Codex like brought them around on the issue of like racism or feminism or something because he will explain to them like in very like basic logic terms why racism might be bad but it's also not like a good resource because while I think it it's like less prone to Nazism than like Mm -hmm. other ones it's not like it is good either because it'll be like well let's look at the issue of like um, oh my god, what's the thing that they like to say? Like, human biodiversity, right? Oh, yeah, Where they'll yeah. talk about, like, um, you know, things are simply it's biology. For genetic mapping. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that can be, like, addressed logically, um, that's that's that whole thing. So that's one of, one of her things. Um, it's also, I just, like, I have to say, mm-hmm. okay, the rationality bullshit... having to use like logic like strict rules of logic and not like relying on emotional appeal or whatever to explain why like racism or transphobia is bad um not only is it annoying it's also like bad rhetoric um i i have i got like good rhetoric Mm -hmm. is ethos which is when you establish your authority to speak on a subject that's like when we remind all of you that we're geniuses and that we've never been wrong. We're yeah, setting 300 IQ. We're, we're telling you why do we have authority to tell you how it is. And we're explaining for what reason that is the case. Then you have the logos, which is logic and reason. But it's not the only thing that you have. The facts of the matter. Um, as Marxists, we do this constantly. It's called yep. materialism. And then last, you have pathos, which is emotions and feelings. And so all three of those things come together and make a good argument. But rationality, wiki types, they think that they're smarter than everyone for only using logos. And like this girl calls herself a rationalist. um, A Ravenclaw. (laughs) In everything. Yeah, of course. Um, Which brings me to her next big thing, which is that she loves um, effective altruism. Uh, that's all over her blog. Kendall, do you know Ugh. what effective altruism is? Yeah. <laughs> I don't would you love like, it. Would you like to explain effective altruism to the class? Yeah, it's um, so it's essentially like a philosophical and social movement that advocates for using evidence and reason to figure out how to benefit others as much as possible and taking action on that basis. Um, and there's severe problems with that idea. Um, it's like, it's a, it's like very clearly also a, a model that like a lot of like philanthropists use, um, figuring out the most optimized way to benefit others, um, and then taking action on on the basis of like, oh well, these people in malaria need, <laughs> in malaria, Jesus Christ, these people in Africa need malaria nets. Damn, um, Freudian slip. <laughs> these people living in malaria, I guess, was like 
my brain where my brain went with that but these people in africa need malaria nets um and these people in um this other country need um like temporary housing and what would be the most effective use of my time and money to get the most benefits to as most to the most people as possible I mean, that's the well, and I think it's, of it. it's also like ranking how big of an issue something is before deciding to put your altruism yeah. in that area, mm-hmm. which um, like is obviously going to be dependent on like personal bias. Exactly. And it also like really speaks to this like unearned superiority complex that mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the like rationalist types have where they create this phrase like such as effective altruism that implies that no one else who like attempts to do good things for other people have thought about like am I doing this effectively yeah um like I feel like that's a um key part of every organizing conversation I've ever had which I wouldn't like consider altruism but it's just like will this be effective like they're not the only people to have thought will my action have a positive effect i mean one of the one of the biggest proponents of like mutual aid networks of um organizing efforts is what will do the most material good um in this moment and how can we move that going forward yeah you know everyone else likes to do ineffective altruism yeah for example kendall only ever donates horse riding lessons mm-hmm. to every cause well, that plugged, she's ever been interested in i've plugged um, all of my horse riding data into an algorithm and it came back with um that giving horse riding lessons is the most effective never mind the fact I that see. i only plugged in horse riding data into my algorithm I still think that, you know, the algorithm doesn't lie. You know what I mean? Um, so um, what do you think? Where maybe we've, we've said like the, you know, natural outcome of this sort of philosophy is that you get yourself to a place where you're trying to like rank all the different kinds of human suffering mm-hmm. or suffering in the world in order to figure out what's the number one issue and then being most effective by putting your efforts towards that issue. Um, Would you be surprised that on um, July 30th, 2021, exactly around the time when uh, she became the manager of Alameda, um, that she created such a ranked list? Oh, it would not surprise me, but I'm happy to hear the list. It's cool because it's like, you know, there's so much suffering in the world. And it, um, if only someone had quantified it. Um, so we're going to start with the number one issue. Number one global problem. Wild fish suffering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number two. The salmon less, population. <laughs> less of an issue than wild fish suffering, but the number two biggest global issue facing society, humanity, factory farmed chickens. Mm. We're following Mm -hmm. that up with number three, 
COVID world, worldwide COVID. Um, mm. Okay, so huge, COVID, COVID third, chicken second, of global suffering, salmon, but salmon. not as much as chickens or fish. Um, so we're gonna follow that up with uh, malaria under COVID. Okay, um, then depression world worldwide depression <laughs> world um, it will be, that's because the following issue um is depression, depression metaverse u.s so oh, it's like i was close we want to say that you know not only is like world suffering like depression like such a big issue but because depression is such a big deal you know awareness for mental health etc um that u.s depression um earns earns a rank a rank in the spot itself so the following one um weiger genocide uh Ah. Ah. follow following u.s Ah. depression um under that uh covid but u.s so um that's how big of an issue it is that it like deserves a second mention after world so covid ranks third but covid in the west specifically the u.s ranks like sixth okay well it's such a big issue that it like it bears mentioning a second time Uh with more specificity (laughs) where that issue is such a big deal so following that gun homicide u.s prison u.s um child tax oh prison credit. abolitionist queen <laughs> right child tax credit underneath that i'm not actually sure what is meant here like if it's like the tax credit is the cause of suffering or like it's not sufficient i don't i don't know um but underneath that is an issue that i think that we'll all agree is a big deal huge source of global suffering anti-asian college discrimination um then underneath that u.s airport security (laughs) planes why why is anti-asian discrimination and planes we and then under under that puberty blockers for trans kids not Uh, sure if she means that as like they shouldn't be getting them or maybe it's a cause of suffering that they they should probably shouldn't based on what else we know about her but it's that's it's a huge source of global suffering, um, but not as huge of an issue as anti-Asian college discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, and then this is the last issue that she, I guess, had the time to rank, um, and that was Amtrak boarding inefficiency. So, <laughs> you know... Citations are important to me. I like mm-hmm. to represent people in their own words, in their own context. So I was wondering, okay, like where, where'd she get this like information from? Uh, like what made, what made her decide that these were the, this was the, these were the issues of the day, um, that this is where the, the ranking needed to be. And fortunately for us, she, mm-hmm. She answered. She answered those questions. Um, so the the reason was that she said, I, "My vague impression is that there aren't that many wild animals and birds. So to the extent that wild animal suffering is a big problem, it's probably coming most from fish and insects." 
So she just pulled it out of her ass. First, she first was of all, like, I she doesn't think, think there's, there's any animals. <laughs> she thinks there's she no said, animals in the I world. I don't think that there's that many wild mammals or birds left at all. Yeah, there's only like 10. <laughs> so to the extent that wild animal suffering is happening, it's coming from fish. Um, <laughs> the, the fish and bugs. These are, these are the kinds of minds that they churn out at Ivy League universities. The, this, um, this mind was in charge of Billions of dollars. I just want to point that out of again. Dollars, but she billions also did with a B. Them. She and lost. I think I'm them. starting to understand how such a person could lose such a large amount of. Do funds. you think anyone like, ever this, got in the conversation exercise, with her about the salmon and the bugs and? Probably, because I think that like rationalist types, they trick themselves into thinking that like incredibly pointless and like stupid exercises are actually like really important because Mm -hmm. i don't think that there actually is a ranking that you could create of like for the global suffering suffering. yeah that would be like accurate or make sense because how do you quantify like the suffering of covid globally and then also quantify the suffering of incarceration and then like or even like on a more comparable level side. like malaria like how can you compare the suffering of malaria yeah. and, and the suffering of covid also once you have if you if it was possible to quantify these things like once you have done it what do you do after ranking them mm-hmm. like it's it is just like such a obvious waste of time but i think that these types of people um think that facts are so important and also believe that like everything can be boiled down to like derivative factoids where you can like create a number that signifies you know like how big of a deal it is that people die of covid versus how big of a deal it is that fish are (laughs) suffering and you know i feel for the fish yeah i do the wild salmon salmon population is a problem in terms of it's biodiversity with the ocean. When I was the, in the high rivers. school, when I was in high school, I had this English teacher who um, definitely was not qualified to do his job, and he also was an avid writer of fan fiction. He wrote fan fiction of the Bible. Oh hell that yeah! He brought in where he had like a self insert character who was a time traveler that went back to biblical times, Our, but his character was just like, like a doctor like, who it was just. No, not even. Because it was just like reproducing the Bible like verbatim. And then his okay. character who would show him, up would go, Wow, I can't believe Jesus is saying that. That's crazy. And then like it would just or or you'd be like, This is so amazing, like the awe that I am in of Jesus Christ. And then it would just like go back to like the Bible as it is. Um his character wasn't even like a disciple, like he was just showing up. Um, anyway, he um, assigned us something my senior year um, called Slavery versus Holocaust, um, which he thought, I guess, would be like a, well, he did this every year. He thought it was like a cool thought experiment, I guess, to get to get people thinking, where he'd be like, which one was worse? And then you had to write an essay about it. What? 
And I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and he was like, it's just, it's to get you thinking. Like, it's mm-hmm. to make you do your research. And it's like, in what way? Like, mm-hmm. is this work what a, going what to am benefit I thinking me? About? I am not going to put the the winner of slavery versus Holocaust down on paper mm-hmm. um, where it's going to live forever. You know what? I feel like a lot of these rationalists... And that's what this reminds me of. It's I feel like, like a lot of these rationalists like live in this fantasy where they are in like the Greek pan- pantheon of philosophers um, and they're all just like going back and forth um, just like giving each other crazy ideas and brain puzzles to do in their mind palace. Well, it's because all, all this shit is like abstract to them. Yeah. They forget because that like uh, the from... school of philosophy in like Greece was trying to solve also like material conditions um, for the people yeah, around them in some ways. Freaks. And they were also freaks and they also got drunk like every day. And a lot of them were like weirdos. Uh, Diogenes lived in a barrel. Like... like... <laughs> I'm so much smarter than Aristotle or Socrates or Plato. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that that's something that I just want to name right now is that mm-hmm. I'm smarter than all those guys and I could take them in a fight anytime. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like all the, all this shit is like so abstracted to them, which is why like effective altruism type, like types are people with billions of dollars because the idea of human suffering to them is like, a little numbers puzzle for them to figure out. Um, and it's also why the like philosophy of rationalism is one that appeals to the lowest common denominator of human, which is like libertarian cis white men and mm-hmm. this lady. Um, also, Sam Bankman fried has recently said, cause he was also like an effective altruist, but he's like recently been like, actually that was kind of just like the thing I was saying, I which is making it up, which is, yeah. Well, not that he was <laughs> just making it up, but just that like, he didn't really believe in it as like a core, like belief that was guiding his actions. Cause like one of the um, tenants, I suppose of like effective altruism is that the best way to be an altruist is by becoming really rich because then you have the most money that you can give out to other people. Like that's simply just the most effective thing that you could be doing. So Mm -hmm. it like provided him like a convenient explanation for why he wanted to be a billionaire. Mm -hmm. Um, Some other things about Caroline Ellison. She's a Swifty. She loves Taylor Swift all kinds. Every album. Um, She also likes the Lana Del Rey album that were men who were too cowardly to listen to Ultraviolence liked, um, which is Norman fucking Rockwell. Mm -hmm. Um, She also like tags a lot of her posts with like anti-SJW or like anti-feminism. She um, doesn't believe that misogyny exists and hilariously like has a post where she says that she's like never experienced sexism followed by another post where she complains about how she has to do all of her own research about what birth control she wants to get on before coming to her doctor to say that she wants birth control because he doesn't know enough 
to like about birth make control. a recommendation to her and it's like damn you've yeah you've really never experienced sexism before i suppose but yeah she also has like... this um one quote about being like a uh, trad where she says becoming increasingly annoyed that people associate me with trad like trad wives trad stuff um i like hoop skirts but also I want mm-hmm. to do math and argue with people and talk like an Aaron Sorkin character. What? Just feeling increasingly divorced from trad aesthetics. Still trying to figure out what my thing is going to be if not, if it's not trad, but I think that's okay. And then um, hashtagged it with hashtag crypto social conservative blogging and then hashtag night blogging. People who are like criminally boring need to like squash their personalities into like an existing like adjective label Mm -hmm. in order to feel like they are being interesting because I would never concern myself with like well if I'm not trad like what am I so that I have like a name that I can identify myself with so I Mm -hmm. can find a group of like-minded dorks like if you're actually an intelligent person who's confident in like your own ability to be interesting, then you don't need to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm this. Although I would never be like, I'm trad. Um, but she, Mm -hmm. I feel it like, like, um, an ongoing feature of her posts. Um, one, for example, is about things that she looks for in men. Mm-hmm. She says, being responsible for many important inventions and scientific discoveries, spatial, abi- abi- uh, spatial reasoning abilities, low risk aversion, sufficient strength to physically overpower you. So I'm hearing she's looking for a man that can choke her, who will invest all his money <laughs> into banana coin. Um... <laughs> And who has read Harry Potter and mm-hmm. the Methods of Rationality. Spatial I mean, reasoning abilities, isn't that like being able to like throw a ball? Spatial reasoning, I think, is like a different... I think you're thinking of spatial awareness. And spatial okay. reasoning, I think, is something different. Um, I don't know what spatial reasoning is, but I'm pretty sure you're thinking of spatial awareness, where like you can throw a ball. Because I had to do that when I got... like. Um, glasses as a kid the optometrist like made me very lightly throw a ball and like like against a wall and catch it um I don't know is this another <laughs> autism thing I don't know <laughs> I just it, it, was, it wasn't an autism thing I was just I was really really young when I needed to get glasses and I think that they they just decided that that was something that they needed to test or whatever that it wasn't ju- it wasn't just that I couldn't see it, it wasn't like I was stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I have no she, idea. So All so, I know is that I was made to throw a ball in an optometry office. <laughs> as, as an anti-SJW, an anti-feminist, she still tackles the issue of uh, gender and gender relations quite a lot on her blog. Um, and something that I've... Um, I like find interesting, I guess, is that when someone has like outright decided that they're going to like reject a philosophy without actually like spending any time engaging in it means that when they need to like analyze an issue, 
that would obviously like benefit from an understanding of that philosophy that they have to like reach for other things um, in order to make things make sense. So she's got one called, there's this interesting property of some gender role stuff where like take Valentine's day. There's a cultural expectation that women want to celebrate it and men don't. So whether a couple celebrates Valentine's Day and how extravagantly is a signal of who has more power in the relationship and thus social status and attractiveness broadly. And thus the explanation is self-perpetuating because both men and women are rationally incentivized to have these preferences regardless of whether they did in the first place. Um, And what this tells me is that she was definitely on our slash the red pill and like taking notes and being like, this is, this is my shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> there is a time-honored tradition of ugly women with no morals or prospects, okay? Sweet. Resorting to... <laughs> uh, being ugly is a choice. <laughs> no, you're right. But you're right. Being ugly, ugly is a choice. Women with no morals or prospects, resorting to pick-me antics where they roll over like a dog um, mm-hmm. in the hopes that some man will, like, you know, mm-hmm. make her an ornament into his home yeah. where he they... gets to hear his own thoughts repeated back to him before he yeah. I think a lot of someone A lot worse. of people try to combat, like, the trad wifery with, um, like, you're all just competing for the same position of breeding sow, and I think they forget that a lot of these women have tricked themselves into being like, well, I actually love being a breeding sow and a lab rat, and I'm actually the prettiest lab rat, he said so. Um, and I get the most cheese at the end of the day. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about, like, dick cheese. I'm talking about, like, like just treats, money, gifts, sh- a showering of love. In a, in a completely non-sexual way. Because let's be honest, these people are not sexual. Well, she does say in one of her other posts um, that giving the milk away for free is clearly bad game. Um, so she's not fucking for fun. Uh-huh. Uh- uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. Um, so I- what... what- can we do about this type of person how do we prevent them from ever existing ever again mm-hmm. i think i'm going to propose like a worldwide movement of bullying mm-hmm. um, yeah, bullying is good let's talk about effective antagonism yeah effective Um, antagonism we we pick our targets Mm -hmm. we bully them effectively Mm -hmm. we shame them from feeling any any sort of confidence in participating in society Mm -hmm. and then hopefully that wipes out cryptocurrency yeah yeah just it's cringe um skill issue l all, all great things, um, I think, come from bullying. So Sam Bankman-Fried famously said that he doesn't read books mm-hmm. and he will never read one. Yes. And if a book has longer than six paragraphs that the author has sort of failed in their task of being concise, um, I, I 
take that to mean he's probably never even mm-hmm. heard of Infinite Jest or the IJCU. Um, but Caroline Allison feels a little bit differently about reading. Yes, and yes. I think maybe to she, close this out, could you could you share with us? Yes, she titles, um, she had been cross posting her Goodreads. Um, her Goodreads is no longer available, Gross. but the cross posts are. Um, she has a Goodreads tag that I went through. Um, there were 45. I only gave, um, there were a couple that I skipped because they're just like garden variety self-help books and they weren't as funny or interesting. Um, but she has a couple here. She has Any Given Day by Liz. standouts. Yeah, we have Any Given Tuesday by Liz Smith, which I believe is a political memoir. Um, yeah, Liz you know Smith Liz is Smith the, is. yeah, Liz Smith um, is the, uh, American political strategist. She was on Pete Buttigieg's campaign. Um, and she, and she was and, uh, she was involved with Elliot Spitzer, if I remember correctly. Involved in what capacity? <laughs> Under, over, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners are probably too young to know who Elliot Spitzer is. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, you I know, don't care about that shit. Sex, uh, p- political, garden variety, political sex scandal. I think is. At the time, it was not there's, so garden variety, but I think for, for you guys, Pete, it would be. Pete mm-hmm. Buttigieg-themed fan, fiction, fan fiction, oh. an archive of our own, that will tell you all that you need to know about Liz Smith. Yes. Um, oop. Sorry, I'm trying to find the other one. Yeah, uh, Venomous uh, Lump Sucker, which is a book by Ned Bowman. Um, and she she rated it three out of five stars, and she said... I read this because apparently I am an insufferable finance bro who gets my fiction recommendations from Matt Levine. Um, well, and it's it's mostly about, uh, from what I recall, it's a like from Goodreads at least. Um, it's about in the near future, tens of thousands of species are going extinct every year, and a whole industry has sprung up around their extinctions, like a cottage industry around um, the extinction of animals. And, um, like, it's a whole fiction book about, like, that hypothetical history. She's really into the hypothetical history genre. Um, this one, this one I think is pretty relevant. Um, Codebreaker, Jennifer Doudna, Gene Editing, and the Future of the Human Race. It's, like, a book about, like, the possibility of Gattaca, which all of these, like, crypto tech people are super into. There was an article more recently about, um, like, the, all of the tech people who have, like, coupled up um, with the explicit purpose of like creating geniuses, baby geniuses who are going to save the world, um, Gattaca style. So um, is it just like eugenics? Yeah, it's just eugenics. But the the article is really interesting. I'll be linking it um, in the comments. Uh, Piranesi by Susanna Clark. This book was like pretty popular among um, like people. People like Susanna Clark. I haven't read any of her books, so I wouldn't know. But a lot of her books are like about like um basically greek mythology fan fiction um piranesi is um like a mystical book about like um like an infinite house um i've heard it's pretty okay um she seems to have liked it she gave it four out of five stars um the last graduate by naomi novik this is a um okay i know what this is yeah yeah, I know what this is because I have a teenage cousin, mm-hmm. and she was really into these these books, and um, like I read them with her. But 
it doesn't matter too much what the books are about. Yeah. What I found very fun was her review of this, yeah. where she said that the biggest con for these young adult stories was that she felt less bought into the ethics than she had for the previous two. Mm-hmm. She said the first two books often have a vibe of you can either do the thing that's easy and scary or you can do the thing that's hard and scary but right and being a good person is doing the right thing and I'm super on board with that. But if I had to sum up the moral message of the third book, I might go with there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. It turns out that the world economy in the books is built on a systemic exploitation of the vulnerable and everyone who participates in it is complicit. And the way to be a good person is to burn the system to the ground and replace it with one that's less problematic, even if it requires a substantial decrease in global standards of living. And I think that's likely true in the book universe, but I think it's a bad analogy for the real world, which Mm -hmm. I just found... I found that really sweet. Um, I I think it's it's rare to be um, put you know put up against the glass of of someone who's so dumb yeah. inside their little yeah. containment chamber. I feel like um, I've got my nose pressed up to the to the sneeze guard against um, the salad bar that is her blog, and I'm just taking my ra- picks. Yeah, rapid fire. Yeah. Some yeah, we've other got funny, funny books. Yeah, and we've got guns. Maybe... We've got ew, ew, guns, germs, and steel. <laughs> a, a terrible book, book that's also like got bunk citations. Yeah, so there's yeah. that. Um, we've got one billion Americans by certified dumb guy Matthew Iglesias. Um, we've got. I just like the titles of these ones. Moody bitches, the truth about the drugs you're taking, the sleep you're missing, the sex you're not having, and what really makes you crazy. Yeah, um, she's off the Adderall. Yeah, she's off the Adderall for that one. She read <laughs> Persuasion by Jane Austen. Um, when This one, another title that I love. When I say no, I feel guilty. How to cope. Using skills of systematic assertive therapy. So she, she needed Aww. to learn how to say no. Um, she's got imposter syndrome yeah a vast conspiracy Miss femisol had had she, fun manager uh, she wrote she read jeffrey tubin's book on um i think bill, i think what it was it was the bill it was the bill clinton sex scandal it was called that's a vast the dick cons- guy i jeffrey tubin yeah i think so that's that's the man who yeah. showed his dick on zoom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how do you and, where do you fall on that issue uh don't show your dick on zoom maybe what stop if it's an accident if it's an act, don't get on Zoom with your pants off. Just like, just don't get on Zoom. <laughs> what, if, what if you're taking a bath? <laughs> don't take a bath on Zoom. Stop taking baths. First of all, don't take baths as a grown man. As a man, why are you what? taking baths? <laughs> you don't want the men to get clean. I don't want the men to sit in their own filth. That's what a bath is. Like eventually, that is not what a bath is. Because you shower, you take a, sh- a short shower first, and then you but get do in the you, bath. And do it's you like think? Very do you think that's the, that's what the men are doing? Do you think they're? That's what they should be doing. They should, but I, I don't sh- think they are. I think that like the first step to being a male ally is to like <laughs> take a bath properly. <laughs> um then she has so uh, wait where, where are we landing on dicks on zoom uh put on some pants that's that's my stance put <laughs> would on you pants. fire would you fire your employee 
Yes. For having their dick out on Zoom. If it was yeah. an accident. And I don't, were, I don't like, want to think about your dick in every meeting. I'm going to just think about your penis in every meeting. It doesn't matter. Well, that seems like sexual harassment. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it is. You know what? Too bad. <laughs> too bad. Um, All right. You've heard it yeah. here, folks. Kendall <laughs> thinks it's too bad when she harasses yeah. her subordinates in her capacity yeah. as manager uh, a vast, at Raytheon. She, she read The Doomsday Machine, Confessions of a Nuclear War Planner, uh, Super Pumps, The Battle for Uber, The AI Does Not Hate You, Super Intelligence, Rationality, and The Race to Save the World. Heloise and Abelard by Etienne Gilson. Um, and she says, man, I'm just so into Heloise. <laughs> um, Undaunted Courage, pioneering the first mission to explore America's wild frontier. And she has some choice words to say about how maybe maybe there were two sides to the story and maybe Native Americans weren't all that. Um, <laughs> all that in a bag of chips. Um, Barbarians at the Gate, the fall of RJR Nabisco. So she is aware that people can lose money. Um, she read Middlemarch by George Eliot. She it's very unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Very unlikely. Very unlikely. You actually but, lose money from financial investments. But she is aware that people can lose money. So but it's there just, we go. Yeah, but like statistically very small chances, mm-hmm. which is yeah. why, once again, you should go to patreon.com slash big soy naturals and invest yeah. your money in banana coin uh she read middlemarch by george Eliot, one of the rare ones that she gives five out of five stars um on beauty by zadie smith and she said reading it rereading it was underwhelming and the observations on human nature seemed obvious and trite and characters concerns were petty oh, enough I to like annoy me book. i know i said I like literally I, I wrote literally go to hell um <laughs> she's like you know zadie smith is like um she's picking up the torch that david foster wallace um <laughs> <laughs> put put down you know he's he's like you watch the streets i watch the skies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh she has again another financial crisis book the diary of a very bad year confessions of an anonymous hedge fund mar- manager again she is aware of the 2008 financial crisis she says this is a really entertaining and readable am- account of the financial crisis but more than that it's a poem an ode to the aesthetic beauty and modern of modern financial capitalism a subject sadly unexplored in literature literature there anyway. is not really much beauty she, taking place none of those people know how to dress And also, she looks so ugly in all of her pictures because she's wearing, like, an Mm ill-fitting, like, skater skirt with um, what what appears to be, like, a seven-year-old hoodie over top of it, Mm -hmm. which is how I dress. And the broken glasses without the stem. That's how I dress, like, on my worst day Mm -hmm. when I'm doing laundry in my house when no one is going to see me. Mm -hmm. And she dresses like that with millions of dollars out to speaking events where she's, like, presenting herself as someone who who manages a hedge fund that, that contained billions of dollars of stolen money in it. Like, if someone stole all your money and then for them to be ugly on top of that, it's an insult it really is yeah it's it, it's insult to to injury but also um, the people who gave anyone involved in ftc money were very dumb because mm-hmm. like if i showed up to invest my money in the hedge fund and then some guy comes walking out 
in like sweatpant style shorts that drag like midway between his like like his knee you know like in the middle of his knee mm-hmm. so they're, they're not even bermudas they're just shorts that are a little bit too long and like he's wearing a t-shirt that's just one size too big for him so it's not like big enough that it's like oversized mm-hmm. it's just like his shirt doesn't fit Mm -hmm. and it's also wrinkled he didn't even put it in the dryer in the morning he like probably took it out of the laundry basket that he put it in when he finished cleaning them and then he never took them out again because he didn't refill his Adderall prescription even though his live-in psychiatrist was right there to give him more so now his shirt is crumpled (laughs) and he's telling you yeah you should totally give me all of your money and you know who did who Giselle Bunchen and Tom no. Brady. And that is why that man won't retire. Mm-hmm. Um, so quickly, some other books uh, that she uh, liked. Uh, Models Attracting Women Through Honesty by Mark Manson. This is a literal, no. original pickup artist. Um, and she lo- she liked this book. Um, she said, I didn't really find it to be anything groundbreaking. Meaning, like, she thinks some of these are, like, basic points. Because I've spent a lot of time reading dating advice and already distilled the best parts for myself, especially Andrew Aitken, who cites Manson and whose shtick is basically Mark Manson for women. I thought it was basically good, uh, though, and would recommend it as a dating 101 guide for men. It's possible you should read pickup artist stuff first, as this is basically a reaction to pickup artistry, and also possible you shouldn't, since <laughs> since being exposed to it at um, at all might just be negative for a lot of men. In case it's confusing, my star ratings are kind of personal based on my experience. I gave this three out of five stars because I don't think reading it significantly affected my life in any way, nor was it an intensely enjoyable experience. I give it five stars on the scale of usefulness and correctness relative to the dating advice of other men. So she didn't find it useful, but she thinks it's, it's right. <laughs> fucking cucked. You have to be as a woman to be reading like pickup artist manuals like as an instructional guide you also do not need to understand mm-hmm. your ex-boyfriend's perspective you do not another that's another book that in is, here the andrew aitken like, book which is talking about beyond the logical fallacies yeah talking about logical fallacies it is for sure a logical fallacy mm-hmm. to be like, what's my boyfriend's perspective? Like mm-hmm. Amber. Yeah, she, she, she loved that one. Um, she also gave Gone with the Wind um, by Margaret Mitchell, a very classic novel. Um, five oh, out of five it. stars. It's another rare five out of five for her. She loved that one. She gave it a very long review that I don't really want to bother reading. She's basically just like, it's cool that there are two sides to every story. Ugh. Um, Bachelor Nation inside the world's world of America's favorite guilty pleasure. It's literally just an autobiography on The Bachelor. Um, like the show The Bachelor. Um, yeah. And then the final one, which I think is really relevant. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book. It's called Fascinating Womanhood, um, by Helen Andelin. And I know this book. It's, um, it's like a, it's from 1963. Um, that was when it was first published and then they republished it in like 1992. Um, it's a trad wife like Bible. Um, the, the summary of it on Goodreads is what makes a woman fascinating to her husband? Um, what is happiness and marriage for a woman? 
These are just two of the questions Helen Andalyn answers in the best-selling classic that has already brought new happiness in life to millions of marriages. And it's basically like about how it would be radical if you were like a housewife and you did everything your husband told you to do. Um, and she said in her review, like, being a housewife sounds pretty fun in a lot of ways. I enjoy cooking, cleaning, and taking care of children. I find domestic and caring tasks pretty fulfilling. If you wrote a book that was like, hey, here's a cool, hip, subversive idea. Have you ever thought about being a housewife? I would be all over it. You should feel bad for having a job. Not so much. Maybe this is just a fact about my psychology. So again, this points to her consistent bemoaning conflict between her liking all of the trad aesthetics, similar to liking all of the Catholic aesthetics, um, and just wanting to be a girl boss real, real bad. And they don't like that, apparently. <laughs> and are those, those are, are all the books. Those are all the books. Those are all the books. All right. Well, um, I think I would recommend a couple books to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I want to start her off with maybe something on her reading level. So The Phantom Tollbooth, mm-hmm. pretty good kid's book. Um, but then... I think we, we got to work our way up to something serious. Um, she should probably read Wittgenstein. Yeah. I wonder if she's ever read any actual, like, like philosophy, like, relating to logic, or she if she's should, just read Harry Potter. I think she should read Wittgenstein's Mistress. Um, I think that'd be a fun book for her. Is that, um, like, fiction, or is yes, that, it is. like, a tell-all? Okay. It's, it's fiction. I don't know. It's David Markson's uh, fiction book, Wittgenstein's Mistress. And I think maybe to, to it's close about a woman out. who's basically convinced that she's the only person left on earth, and I think she'd find that relatable. Oh, to close us out, I found a Tumblr post from two days before she was made the manager mm-hmm. of Alameda Research, and um, it goes like this: She said, "If Hermione Granger." can be a general in one of Quirrell's armies. I can send a message asking some guys if there's been any progress on the thing. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Imposter syndrome affects all (laughs) of us. It's a real issue. It's a real issue. It's really serious. A moment of silence for imposter syndrome. Okay, moving on. Um... (laughs) Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, piggies and prayer warriors. Um, you know, as we stated in the beginning, I, I am, I have had to liquidate my horse. Um, hashtag lock her up and we will be selling, um, you know, uh, hashtag lock her up, uh, horse memorial glue, um, on the merch store, um, available while for a limited time. Last. Yeah. While supplies last, this is a limited edition item. Um, so head on over to bigswaynaturals.church, um, and check that out. Leave us a review on, um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, check out all of our socials. We're Big Sway Naturals everywhere. Check us out on Patreon if you want to, um, you know, protect your funds. Um, I think that's it. I am Kendall. I am she Herzog on the dying app that is Twitter. Um, 
I have a Tumblr blog, um, and that's Rat Poison. The A is a four. The uh, second O is a zero. Um, and Cerise, where are you? Where are you at? Do you say Tumblr blog? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like, want so I don't want someone going to Live Journal. <laughs> finding yeah, it out. <laughs> but like your your Tumblr Live Journal, you know. Yes, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's it's redundant. It's like ATM machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I am commodify this everywhere except for Tumblr for now. Um, but I'm I'm working on it. I'm trying to get commodify this on Tumblr. Um, but for now, I'm commodified, and you should follow me and like all of my posts mm-hmm. and tell me that you think I'm pretty and DM me a picture of yourself in a corduroy suit. If you can, if you mm-hmm. can make that happen. Um, and that's all. Yeah, that's all. I think that's all. Thank you so much. Bye. I need can answer to teach me what to think. Natural.